mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Living Water. His scripture text will be taken from the book of John, chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Here now... Pastor Moody. I want to preach just, I'm going to try to preach a few minutes because I feel like God's told me some things to do. One, we're going to take communion. Two, God, God spoke an illustration into my heart this week that I think is going to turn out to be more than that. And I'm just going to try to obey the Lord. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 7, or they'll put it up on the screen. And I'm going to read two very familiar verses, verse 37. And 38, this occurs at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles was a feast that the Jews observed every year and they would go out of their homes out into the fields and they would build a booth for each family, booths that they would dwell in for, for I think, seven days to commemorate the time that God tabernacled with them in the wilderness. And then at the end of that feast, there was something that happened. And that's where we are. I want to talk about that. They, the priest, at the end of the feast, the people would come back in and he would take a golden censer and he would take water and pour it up on the altar. And it represented the water that came out of the rock in the wilderness. How many knows that represents the Holy Ghost? It represented God's, God's representation of God's presence and supply with them. So Jesus, of course, knowing this, amen, because Paul said he was that rock that followed him in the wilderness. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood, lifted up his voice, cried out loud and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Drink, I'll give you water like I did in the wilderness. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, Will you read this last part out loud with me? Out of his belly shall flow. Say that again. Shall flow rivers of living water. He that believes on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I want to preach this morning for a few minutes on the thought of living water. Living water. You can be seated. God add your blessing to the reading of your word. As I said in this chapter, Jesus here is illustrating something that they, they thought as tradition, pouring that water out on the altar as a sign of commemorating, living in the past of what God had done. By the time we get to where Jesus steps into the pages of history, Israel at that time has lost fellowship with God. Pretty much all they do is just for memorial of what God used to be and what God used to do among them. I don't mean to be critical, but the days of miracles were gone. 
The days of deliverance was over. They were living under the most horrible oppression by Rome that you could imagine. Jesus comes, amen, on the heels of John the Baptist who comes preparing the way of the Lord and saying, make straight his paths. I'm amazed how much God uses water in the life of Jesus as I've studied it this week. When John baptized in the Jordan, of course, he was baptizing in water. He said, I want to tell you there's one coming after me. I'm not worthy to loose the latchet of his shoe. I'm baptizing you with water for remission of sin. I'm baptizing you with a symbol that you can die to sin and be buried, amen, beneath the Spirit of God and raised up to live in the newness of life. But John said when he comes, the one I'm talking about, He'll take this baptism to another level. This water represents being buried, amen, uh, in the spirit. So when Jesus comes, he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. He'll bury you in the supernatural. You'll come up changed. How many can say, God, change me by the power of God? Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one time, I wasn't going to say this, but I just felt it. They said, preacher, I've been away from God and I've come back to God. Should I be baptized again? I've had them come to me and we'd be having a baptismal service. They said, haven't done anything wrong. Just feel like I ought to be baptized again. One man said, you ought not be baptized but once. I say anytime you feel like getting buried in the presence of God and you want to start afresh, just come on. Hallelujah and get baptized again. In fact, I want to tell you over these 40 plus years, there's been times that I've said to God, Lord, would you baptize me again in the Holy Ghost and fire? Would you bury me neath the power and raise me up to be different? God, would you let the water one more time be transformed? Amen. Jesus said, when you come and drink, amen, out of your belly, when you drink the natural out of your belly comes the supernatural glory to God give him praise if you would all of a sudden Jesus begins to illustrate something amen that they wouldn't understand amen he tells them there's living water in John chapter 2 Jesus uses another illustration it's the first miracle that he did when he turned the water to wine Jesus would replace the water of a Jewish ritual with water being turned to wine, the new wine of the Holy Ghost. When I studied this, I want you to think about this. These were kind of low pots that were big and round and set close to the ground. And your Bible says they held firkins. Now, you don't know what firkins are, but I'm gonna tell you, estimated about 20 to 30 gallons apiece. Now, there were six water pots, so that means there was anywhere from 120 gallons to 180 gallons of water. This water was used for ceremonial cleansing. When you came into a feast, they would use that to wash their faces and wash their feet before they entered in, not to defile the place. It was, again, once more for the Jews, just symbolic. And so they, and, and to illustrate this, they had a wedding feast. The master or the governor of the feast had prepared wine. Somebody say wine for the wedding feast. Yet the water pots were empty. There was no preparation for cleansing. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Your Bible said they were empty. And when they came to Mary and said, we have no wine, 
up to this point, she is, he has always referred to her as mother and she's referred to him as son. But now that relationship is changing. He's came, went to the Jordan, been baptized, been anointed by the Holy Ghost and now he transitions more into being her savior because he's the savior of the world. Now he becomes Lord. And when she tells him they have no wine, he looks at her and almost sounds disrespectful but it's illustrating. There's a shift there's a change. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Mary, something supernatural is about to occur that's going to give you an eye-opening experience. Somebody say this was his first miracle. Say that out loud. It was his first miracle. That's what the Bible says. And so then she turns to the people and says, whatever he says, do. Can you say amen? Woo! Kind of sounds like Saul of Tarsus on the road to, to Damascus. Who are you, Lord? And what would you have me to do? And so Jesus said, take those ceremonial water pots and fill them with water. Amen. And he's going to turn water to wine. It's going to illustrate the vast difference in God's ways and man's religious ways and man the world's ways. Can I tell you, isn't it a Amazing when the Holy Spirit moves in a church and there are miracles or words of knowledge or healings or, or gifts of faith or words of wisdom, discernment, tongues, interpretation. All of a sudden when things begin to happen supernaturally, isn't it amazing that not only does the world not understand it, can I say a thing here, but probably 90% of the church world doesn't understand that oh, they've got so used to doing things Things in the natural, they're not ready for the supernatural. I'm telling you, we need to get our minds set, amen, from empty water pots and dry traditions to get ready for the living water to start flowing, for rivers to start erupting, oh, for miracles to start exploding. I come today with a word from God. I'm gonna try my best to let the Holy Ghost use me to take you to another level of expectation. Give him praise if you would. Jesus turned the water to wine. I want to say this. The world starts out sometimes with what they think is the better. By the time they're done, it becomes the bitter. God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Just like at that failed wedding feast. They have no wine. You remember the feast, uh, the governor of the feast later when they, they distributed the wine to him, he came to the, to, the, to the father, I'm assuming, of the bride, the one that presented the feast or of the groom in Jewish tradition. And uh, he said, I don't understand. Normally you give the best wine first. And then when people have well drunk, you, you bring out the worst. Sometimes we overlook stuff. But he said, now, you've, you've saved the best till last. I just told you, sometimes man starts with the better and ends up with the bitter. I've come to tell somebody Jesus can start with the bitter and turn it into the better. He can give you an experience in the Holy Ghost that supersedes anything you've ever experienced in your life. Amen, that failed wedding feast, Jesus took that, what man had destroyed, what man had made a tradition, empty water pots, 
amen, no wine, and he turned it into a miracle of superabundance. I want to tell you, there was 120 or 180 gallons. I understood that for a 16-ounce serving, that was 2,400 servings of wine to a wedding feast probably of about 200. Is anybody hearing me? He gives us more than we could ever imagine. When he fed the multitudes, he took up 12 baskets full of of the fragments of church. It's time we get ready for living water. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Who I want to preach a while. Let me, let me, let me just go on. I just want to skip on over a little bit. When the water was turned to wine, in John chapter 2, verse 11, just skip up to that, Dave. John chapter 2, verse 11. Your Bible said this, beginning of miracles. How many got saved? Wasn't it a miracle? How many got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire? Talking in tongues, wasn't it a miracle? And I wonder how many got that, that those experiences. I went out the other night and prayed with a precious family member and his wife. Both of them confessed to me that they'd asked Jesus into their heart and were saved. Hallelujah. I'm rejoicing, I'm rejoicing. But you know what I told them? I said, this is not just an experience. This is a step into a relationship. I said, the good thing about salvation is it's not just what you do once and it's over. But I said, day by day, we're changed from faith to faith and glory to glory. I don't care to tell you, it was my wife's brother. It seemed like when I said it's not just a one-time thing, but it's something you grow in. It's like a light came on in their eyes. It's like they understood this thing maybe just a little bit better. Amen. And, And I thought like this. The Bible said this was the beginning of miracles. I want to tell you, getting saved was a beginning. Getting baptized in the Holy Ghost was another step. Discipleship was another step. Amen. Beginning to move in the Holy Spirit. I thought about Samson. The Bible said the Spirit began to move on him betimes. Uh, down in Esco, he things started happening in Samson's life and he began to deliver the people of Israel is what the scripture said. But in John 2 and 11 it said this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. Watch this. And the scripture says uh, and, uh, notice the and, that preposition adds a little bit more. Manifested forth his glory. He began to show who he really is and your Bible said his disciples believed on him. There's so many things I want to say, but I just got to say this. Amen. People don't need to see a church sitting around with empty water pots of the past. They don't need to see a church, amen, sitting around talking about what happened to Pastor Moody's generation or my dad's generation or my grandpa's generation. They need to see a church that's on fire and manifesting the glory glory of God. Miracles, signs, and wonders. And I shouted, the natural, turn it in to the supernatural water being turned into wine of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Give him praise. I want to say this. This is a time of transition here. It's all been about the Jews. It's all been about Israel from Genesis till now. But notice this, Jesus didn't seem to focus on a particular group of people. You know the story about the Jews and the Samaritans, the animosity, 
most Jews wouldn't even walk through Samaria. They would walk to get around Samaria, sometimes 75, 80 miles. They wouldn't, go, they wouldn't walk straight through. It could have been five or six miles. But one day Jesus had a look on his face like a flint, and he went to Samaria. When he got there, he met a woman. Jesus seemed to make a universal appeal to anyone that thirsts and that would come to him to drink, hence the woman at the well. I won't rehearse all the story, but let's cut to the chase. At the end of it, after Jesus had asked her for water and she refused him, and she, they talked about all the religious stuff, you know, the, the Jews worship in Jerusalem, the Samaritans worship here. Here's what one of the things that Jesus said. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was, amen, that asked you for water, you would have asked me, and I would have given you, here it is again, living water, living water. Can I tell you that David Jeremiah said, Jesus quenches every thirst. He is knowledge to the thirsty mind. He is love to the thirsty heart. He is peace to the thirsty conscience. He is holiness to the thirsty spirit. Can I go on? I want to tell you that Jesus, amen, is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the I am. He is everything, anything you need. He says, I am. Glory to God. I want to tell you, we need to be walking and living in a realized manifestation of the glory of who Jesus really is. Amen. So John makes it plain that Jesus was talking here about the Holy Spirit when he said, Amen. If any of you thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly will flow rivers and living water. And verse 39 says, this spake he of the spirit that they which should believe might receive because he hadn't been poured out yet. But I cannot tell you, we're in the day after the outpouring. We're in the day of the outpouring. We're in the day of the river still flowing. I'm gonna tell you, engineers of the greatest minds built the Hoover Dam. They have built dams, you know, that, are, that, that boggle the mind, but they cannot stop the flow of the river. <laughs> Woo! They try to harness its power. They, Tom, Tom's shaking his head, yes, he's an engineer. They try to hold back the mighty flood. They try to get what they can out of it. But can I tell you every now and then, they have to open the locks and release some of the pressure or the dam will, the river will burst the dams. Can I tell you the devil's tried to dam up your life. He's tried to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost out of the church. And just when the church, sometimes the, the half dead backslid and dried up, on the vine church who wants more of what they want, more flesh, more tradition and don't want God when they try to dam it up then the Holy Spirit just finds another outlet. He calls whoo, he causes the locks to be open. I'm here to tell somebody today I'm going to blow the dam up. I'm going to let the river of God flow through my life, through my church well, through my ministry. Why don't you just come and drink of living water and out of your bed Belly will flow rivers. Rivers. I got about two or three things I'm going to say and I'm going to get out the way. This was going from a feast of tabernacles, remembering 40 years in the wilderness that had happened over probably a, a, a thousand years before. And that time in the wilderness, they, 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 they rehearsed Manna, you know, they, they talk to you. You know what the word manna means? 
It means, what is it? That's right. They picked it up and said, what is it? And it was sweet. It was like coriander seed in size, which was not a very big seed, maybe big as the tip of your finger. And they could grind it and bake it, and they could fry it, and I guess make gravy with it or something. <laughs> they could only get enough for one day. And, and after a while, they got sick of it. It was God's provision, but they got tired of it. But now here they are still commemorating the fact that 40 years we was in that wilderness and we ate what is it? And we drank water out of a rock. And the wilderness experience was miraculous. But can I tell you something? The wilderness experience, Sister Sheila represented the time of just enough. Enough for each day. That's all you could get. That's all God wanted them to have because of their rebellion. He's going to try to keep them alive. Can I say this? The wilderness experience is like being on life support for a nation. I think that's where the church world a lot of it is today. They're just on life support. Many of them are de- many of them are dependent upon. I heard the Lord say, "Yea, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns." Jeremiah two thirteen that can hold no water. God said they're satisfied. Amen. To try to keep themselves alive and take just enough from me to live. God always intended Canaan, the land of plenty. Can you say amen? Oh, let me move on. But here in this New Testament, Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal church, living in the day of the amen of the last church age, we are living in the time of rivers. We're living in the time of more than enough. Can you say amen? We're living in the time of enough, amen, to flow through us to save the world if we'll step into it. Give God a hand of praise, would you? So they would take that water, the priest would, in golden pitchers from the pool of Siloam. Remember the pool of Siloam? That's where the angel come down once you're in trouble to water. So the rest of the year, they lived on one good Holy Ghost service. Hello. The rest of the year, they lived on what happened last year. Please, regardless what the Holy Ghost does today, tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> tomorrow we still need worship. Tomorrow we still need praise. Tomorrow we still need prayer. Tomorrow we still need fasting. Come on, somebody. Next week, somebody else is gonna walk in the house that needs a miracle, and we don't need to be living in the experience of this week. My God, we need the river to continue to flow. So all of a sudden, they'd go down to the pool of Siloam, take golden pitchers. Man, this is sacred. Carry it back to the altar of the sacrifice in the temple, and they'd pour water over it. No fire there. The sacrifices have been stopped. Does anybody hear what I'm telling you? It's over. There's no fire. They're just pouring water on a, on a cold religion. Then they'd start singing songs out of the Bible, like Isaiah 12 and 3. Therefore, with joy shall you, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. I'm going to tell you something today. God's wanting us today to have more than just a cup, more than just a bucket. 
God's wanting us to have a river. Can I get a witness? Thank God for the wells of salvation. Amen. But even wells are fed by living water. How many understand that? Wells are supplied by an underground spring or an artesian spring. I, when I was a boy, we grew up in that farmhouse and we had a cistern. Amen. It wasn't a well, it was a cistern. We had rainwater that washed off of the house, the old metal roof house, and down to the gutters and off, went down to the cistern and we burned coal and uh, that coal dust would settle on that roof and when it rained it would wash it off guess where it went it went right down into that cistern and every year at some point in time we'd have to pump the water out and the sludge would be about that deep in the bottom of it Joe would be as black as that coach you've got laying beside you and we'd have to scoop it out and get it in buckets and haul it up by ropes and wash that cistern down and haul that out we was trying to keep it clean I want to tell you that's all cisterns do and I remember a time when the cistern ruptured it had a crack and we had to try to seal it because it was a broken cistern it can't keep fresh water oh somebody hear me but when you got a well of salvation at the bottom of that well every day there's fresh water hallelujah I was a little old dirty boy on the farm running around barefooted amen feeding hogs and chickens and doing, doing chores and working on the farm playing when I could and down below our house amen maybe as far as from here to my house down there there was a wet weather spring that came to the surface usually every summer from spring into summer and us boys would be playing or working or out in the field working hot we'd get down to where that spring was I can remember the days laying on my belly and sticking my face down there and slopping that water up and it'd be so cold it'd make my teeth hurt anybody hearing me and it <laughs> I'm telling you I know something about living water I remember a day when I was dry when I was parched when I was dying of thirst and somebody took me to a well of salvation I began to drink living water then I got baptized in it I got filled with it it's a river and it changes lives hallelujah Hallelujah. Let me preach, let me preach, let me preach. I want to tell you, Jesus is the fulfillment of that feast. What it represented. He's the rock that we drink from. John the Baptist said he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Moses, repeating the law of Israel's history, the law in Israel's history one last time in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8 and 15 said they got water out of the, of the rock of Flint. Amen. When they'd repaired the walls of Jerusalem, they found the book of the law and they were repenting. Nehemiah 9.15, he stood up and said, you brought them forth and gave them water out of the rock for their thirst. Talking about the wilderness. The psalmist rehearsing God's, amen, provision and maintenance in the wilderness in Psalm 78 and 15. Listen to this. It said, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. In other words, un, uh, you couldn't diminish it. It was just a deep, supply and then it said he brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers I want to tell you the thing that I love about this Bible are the Selah moments that's where you pause in the song let the instruments play for a moment and get ready for the next verse amen or the next worship or the next uh, what do they call that where they do a, a thing in between the verses and the chorus a break or that's not 
A bridge, thank you, a bridge, hallelujah. You get ready for the next bridge for you can step from one glory up to the next glory, from one praise up to another praise, from one level up to another level. And I tell you, the Bible said God's plan is to bring us, I'm feeling the Lord right now, from faith to faith and glory to glory. Mandy, can I say this? I've done a lot of shouting in my little lifetime. I've run some aisles. I've jumped up on the backs of pews. I've done things most people thought crazy. I've laid in my bed in the wee hours of the night and early in the morning he'd wake me up sometime in the middle of the morning and the Holy Ghost come on me. I'd lay in the bed and shake like somebody was was rattling my cage. I'd get up and walk through the house, tears flowing. But can I tell you, I'm getting ready to take a step up to another level. I've seen him open blind eyes. I've cast out devils. I've seen cripples walk. I've seen thousands come to respond to one altar call. I'm getting ready to step up to another level. Hey, I want to tell you we need to get ready for rivers. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Paul knew this. Paul schooled under Gamaliel. He said, concerning the law, I'm blameless. No, the law, the prophets, the word, the history, I know it all. But then he stood in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 and said this. They all drank from that same spiritual drink and they drank from that spiritual rock and that rock that followed them, that rock was Christ, hallelujah. <laughs> Can I tell you, it would be Paul that would write in Hebrews and say they had all that. Are you ready? How many is ready to shout? I want to tell you what Paul would say, but we have a better covenant even than Abraham. What God has promised is greater, amen, than what Moses saw. I'm gonna close, man. Come on to the music. Jesus said in Revelation 21 6. What's this? He said it's done, it's finished. I mean, it was on the cross, he said the same thing, it's finished. It's diff- the words, the same word is derived different. Then he said, I am Alpha. How many believes that? In the beginning was God, the word was, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I am Alpha. And then he said, I am the Omega. He's the last one that's got the last say concerning everything in the universe. The Bible said God has given all power to him. It'll be he. (laughs) Oh, I feel him. It'll be he that John saw standing with one foot on the land and the other upon the sea and declaring time shall be no more. I want to tell you, Washington doesn't control this. The United Nations on the East River doesn't control it. Moscow doesn't control it. Beijing, China doesn't control it. But one day, he'll step up, put one foot on the land, other on the sea and declare it's done, it's over, and 
then he said, I will give unto him that is thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely shout now. Hallelujah. Just another scripture and I'm going to close. I want you to understand. Speaking of the Spirit, Psalm 46, 4, there is a river. Streams where I make glad the city of God. The holy place. God wants the holy place, the tabernacle of the church to be happy. Glad. And y'all happy? How about you young people up here? Are you happy? Look right here. I'm talking. You be quiet. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy with life? Are you happy with the anointing? Are you happy with the move of God? Does it take something else to make you happy? I mean, is there ever a day that you get up and, and you can't raise up your hands and say, Ooh, Lord, I'm saved and I know it. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. Doesn't matter, a thousand may fall by your side, at one side and 10,000 at the other side. The enemy may be camped around you when you get up, but you still look them in the face and say, greater is he that's in me. I'm happy today. I'm on my way to heaven and the journey. Woo, it's getting sweeter every day. I don't regret a mile. I've traveled for the Lord. Is anybody hearing me? I don't regret the times. I I've trusted in his word. I was talking to him this week and I said, Lord, you've been so good to me in the thoughts of my mind. The enemy kept trying to say, but yeah, look what you've missed out on. Look what you've gave up. Look what you sacrificed, you and that woman and them little girls of yours, what they went through back in the early days of ministry. The things that you, that sometimes you couldn't pay the light bill. And one time they came and repossessed my car and nobody seemed to care. Is anybody hearing me? There was times that lady and she can cook, amen. She can take water and flour and make something out of it. But there's times she didn't know what we was going to eat with we slow, but we were still preaching and we were still going. That kept trying to come up into my mind. I kept saying, no, sir, that was nothing. Hallelujah. I found there was a plenty. There was water out of the rock. Come on. He could turn water to wine. He could take natural and turn it. What the enemy tried to make bitter, he can make better Glory to God. That's who he is. That's who he is. Holy Ghost, Revelation 2, 22 and 1. John said he showed me a river of, of water, of life. A river. I mean, this, this is okay. But there's a river. Old Greenaway was preaching in L.A. one time. He'd spent most of his time in the mission fields of Africa. He was the missions director, international missions director for the Assemblies of God. He preached in 150 some nations been on every continent delivered the word of God all over the world great old Irish he, he, was, he was part of a gang in New York City they called the Black Irish he was a white man but he, they were some mean they called him the Black Irish and his mother was a Pentecostal woman and she kept praying and Greenway got saved and he went to the mission fields and he come home one time from the fields and he was traveling across the country itinerating trying to raise money. Isn't it a shame that missionaries have to do that? But he was trying to raise money. He said, I was in L.A. And he said, I was about as broke as I could have ever been at that moment. And he said, I was driving my old car down the freeway around L.A. And he said, and I ran out of gas. He said, I had to be back at the church that evening. I'd preached that morning, had to be back that evening. He said, I was just driving and praying, wanting to see a move of God. He said, I'd seen so many miracles and moves of God. I can tell you some of the stories he, he related to me that were just awesome, but I'll, I'll just go on. He was super, he moved in the supernatural. 
supernatural. But he was back there in L.A. And that old spirit over that city of materialism and worldliness. He said, I was just believing God for, for the heavens to break over L.A. And all of a sudden, he said, I'm not paying no attention to nothing. And I ran out of gas. And he said, I started praying. I don't know why he said it this way. But he said, oh, Lord, you know who I am and where I am and what I'm doing. And Tommy said, he said this. He said, God, I just need two quarts of gas. I don't know why he didn't say a half gallon or a gallon. He said, if I only had two quarts of gas, I could make it back to that church. And, and he said, I was sitting there praying, God, praying in the Holy Ghost and said, suddenly I heard air brakes behind me. And he said, I looked up in my mirror and pulled over behind me and stopped was a gasoline tanker truck sitting right behind me. I'm telling you, this is how God does things. He turns our little natural thoughts into the supernatural. Greenway said the guy got out the truck, come running up to the car and said, my God, man, said, who are you? Said, what's wrong? Said, some overwhelmed me that I had to stop. And he said, he looked at him talking in tongues and the man kind of backed up and looked at him and he said, I got my composure and said, I'm a man of God. And said, the man said, I know that. And he said, I gotta be to a church and I just praying for two quarts of gas. The man grabbed his belly and started laughing and looked at him and said, man of God, I've got 5,000 gallons. Oh, somebody needs to get out of the two-quart mentality and step in to the 5,000-gallon mentality. Stand with me. My people committed two evils. Jeremiah 2 and 13, they've forsaken me, the fountains of living, fountain of living waters and few to my cisterns, broken cisterns. Last thing I'm gonna say, Revelation 22, 17, and the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that hear us say come. And let him that's a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. I need Dylan, you and, you and uh, Joe come up here. Come up here. I need some help. I told you the Lord dealt with me about this, and I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going to be crazy enough to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to pour that water into that basin. Leave this dipper in and hold it in cups. I believe the Lord said to me, "I'm able to take the natural." turn it into the supernatural today and when Jesus turned water to wine it represented breaking from the past and stepping into the supernatural and the Lord told me he said I want you to take a basin of water and I want you to get some cups and he said I want you to give everybody in this church a drink of water and he said this is not a show I'm not doing this for a gimmick but I'm believing with all of my heart some of you are going to come up here and drink water and be healed. Some of you have been, been hurt so bad you're going to drink water and he's going to, do, he's going to turn the natural into the supernatural and you're going to get healed emotionally. Now don't nobody go off and say Moody started some strange cold. I'm just doing what the hurt, I heard the Lord say. Brittany, in my dream, I saw water being poured into that basin out of a jug. And I saw it being clear water when it poured out, but when it hit the pan, it was red. It was wine. And I saw it two different times in my praying. 
And I said, Lord, if you turn water to wine in that church, ain't nobody going to believe it. They're going to think we're crazy. <laughs> but this is what he said. I'm giving you a demonstration of how easy it is for me to take the natural and turn it to the supernatural. And uh, Nick, I don't know how to do this other than just do it. And I'm gonna, I want Nick maybe to play or sing whatever he feels like. And I want you to walk right up here. Start over here and just walk right up here. I'm going to pray over it first. And I, I want you to just walk right up and let them hand you a cup of water. And I want everybody to take it back to the seat. We're going to drink it together. Amen. Sister Mary, you come, you come first if you want to. You're the mother of this, of this movement. You come on first. Amen. I, I want the intercessors to come on up too. Those that's been praying that intercessor, come on up and get in line. Anybody Ooh, else that's involved in ministry. Anybody else involved in ministry, come up and get in that line. Just stand right over there. Washes me. Hallelujah. Just pour them a cup of water as quickly as you can. Don't just move. Don't drink it yet. Don't drink. We're going to drink it together. Back in our seat. Just like communion. We're going to take communion. What a sacrifice. Just do it as quickly as you can, brothers. Do it as Save as my life. Yes, the blood. It is my victory. My victory. Stand around here in the front. If that's, if that's okay, if you want to, after you drink the water. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Save my it's all right for your boys to come too if you want them to. It's fine. Tell them, come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. You out of the balcony if you want to. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just do it as quickly as you can. I know I put pressure on you, but we need to, need to just do this quickly. Come on, with your side. Blood of Jesus washes me. Washes me. Oh, the blood of Jesus shed for me. Shed for me. What a Give me to drink. Now watch this. The Lamb of God, Christ, the God-man, the creator of it all, is saying to a fallen, sinful woman, give me a drink. And she said, how is it you being a Jew would ask me a Samaritan for water in the well's deep? You ain't got nothing to draw with. And she just said, you can drink that and thirst again. But if you'll ask me, if you knew who it was, I'd give you living water. And I thought, Lord, what do you get out of this? And I heard the Lord say that my refreshing, Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you don't know of. It's when people receive what God sent me to bring. When people take what I'm offering, he said, that's my meat. That's what satisfies me. I know something about that. 
Brother Rob, I've, I've preached around several parts of this world. I've preached in several places, several states around across this country. And I know what it's like to preach a message and see no response. I've had pastors come to me and say, I've been pastoring this church for years and we're lucky if we see one or two people a year saved. Nobody ever, there's no move. Nobody's getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I can imagine preaching and laboring and getting nothing in return. Money doesn't pay for what you do. Material things don't pay. It's, it's when you see people drinking the water, receiving what God has to offer that makes the difference. And so the Lord began to deal with me about this. He said, I want you to illustrate to them that what they do in the body, you know, your natural things, Sam, your praise, your prayer, your sacrifice to holiness, saying no to sin, folks, want to be a Christian, live for God. He said, you offer that to me. And he said, when you do, he said, all of a sudden, it becomes the supernatural. And so today, I thought about it that wedding when Jesus turned that water to wine. Your Bible said it was the first miracle that he did in Cana of Galilee. And it said that it also manifested the beginning of the manifestation of the glory of God. I was thinking when the Lord showed me that water being poured by the Nick. I thought, God, they some of them I need to pour it over their head. He said, they've already had that. And he said, they've been dipped. They've been anointed. They've been rubbed. They've been beat on. They've been shouted at. They've been screamed over. You've been that, that holiness movement back, you know, we're still in it, but I'm, that little small Pentecostal church where they beat on you on one side and turn, said, turn loose and beat on the other side and said, hold on. Some of them saying, bless him, Lord. Others saying, kill him, Lord that flesh but God said today I'm just going to offer you something as a memorial a symbol an emblem of what Jesus did he turned failure into victory he turned a dead religious ritual and a failed wedding feast into a time of celebration and he gave them the miraculous so in the name of Jesus I declare that when we take this water, it's just a natural act. But from this moment, rivers are going to start to erupt inside of you, and you're going to have to let them flow. We're going to begin to witness the supernatural. Is this all right? Well, I heard the Lord say, deliverance is coming today. This 21 days of fasting and prayer ended. It's going to be different than before. I've seen times when I thought the roof was coming off. It's going to be different. It's going to be a river flowing now. Are you ready for it? In the name of Jesus, let's take this water, the natural for the supernatural. life let the sin the stain 
the failures like the woman at the well, the failures of the Jews with tradition and, and remembering and not experiencing. Let it come back to life out of our bellies. Let rivers flow. God, heal, bless, sanctify, baptize in the Holy Ghost, raise up witnesses, give visions of the lost, give us purpose to reach them, help us, God, to go beyond the restraints and the limitations that we have put on ourselves. Nonetheless, the ones that governments try to put on us, let us break off the yoke. You said because of the anointing, the yokes are destroyed. Set the people free in the name of Jesus. Yeah, lift up your voice and praise him, would you? Right where you are, just lift up your hands and praise him. showed me something inside of the church, inside of the believers that looked like some internal organ that was shriveled and black and dead. And just a moment ago, I saw rings of light wrapping itself around that. And now life is coming back. Functionality is coming back. Purpose is being restored. Some of you, the vision that was lost is going to be appearing again before your eyes. The burden you'd forgotten is going to all of a sudden begin to stir you to go after that thing that God set in front of you. And said I. hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.